It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Donald Trump has been indicted in Atlanta. We have so many court dockets to follow, but we haven't really seen anything yet. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has covered every moment of this historic case. I've been writing about this investigation for two and a half years. Our team is led by reporters Bill Rankin and Tamar Hallerman. Follow our coverage on AJC.com and listen to new in-depth episodes of the award-winning podcast, Breakdown, the Trump Indictment, only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. Welcome to Access Atlanta. I'm your host, Shane Harrison, and this week we're back again with uh, Melissa Ruggieri, and we're going to talk about a big event that just happened. Welcome, Melissa. One more week about the Super Bowl. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> and then we are done with it. Yes. At yes. least for another year. And and know. who knows what the Falcons will do next year. For That's we, right. But, but at least we're done with it in Atlanta for a while. Yes. Although, everything worked out so well and went so smoothly that I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta gets bumped up to the top of the list for the next round of right places that they look at for where they want to bring it back because you know everything I heard from everybody was it just couldn't have gone smoother and yeah yeah everybody really seemed to enjoy everything surrounding the Super Bowl now the Super Bowl itself now that was a whole and I'm a huge football fan as you know <laughs> if I didn't have to be there and wasn't in that press box even I probably would have changed the yeah. station yeah because it was it was a pretty dreadful Super Bowl unless you really like defense if you really like defense then I guess it was fine. and that's that's but, the thing not many people are, right. are are you know purist enough to really they, they want to see razzle dazzle yes. they want to see brady throwing touchdowns and todd Gurley running routes yeah you know, i mean it's just yeah, yeah it just wasn't what i think people were expecting it to be with those two particular teams but but yeah i mean everything leading up to it that week um you know i was downtown pretty much every day for about eight days in a row and everyone i encountered that we had so much manpower out on the streets of volunteers that yeah. were just friendly and helpful and you never had to ask anybody anything they were always just willingly offering information about right. where to go and what line to get in and and just very sweet about it too which yeah. I, the first day, the Saturday, the Saturday a week before the Super Bowl, when we went down for the first of this uh, Super Bowl live concerts, right, and also the Super Bowl experience opened that day too. Everybody was great. And I remember saying to Ryan Horn, our video producer who was with me, I was like, okay, everybody's great today, but it's the first day. So yeah. by the time Wednesday rolls around, it's going to be a whole different thing. But no, no, everybody, oh, I don't know if they kept rotating people out. Right. Well, I know that I saw, you know, I saw several friends posting on Facebook that they had, they had volunteers yeah. to, uh, you know, be ambassadors and all of that, volunteering downtown. And do they do it every day? No, or they what? didn't. That's okay. the thing. It's like people seem to have shifts. And, yeah. and so I think... I think it kept it fresh for people right. and 
you know, they didn't feel overwhelmed by the whole experience. So, you know, everybody was fresh. Yes. And everybody everybody was nice and, you know, kept it up the, the whole week. And the same even, you know, with MARTA. You know, I ride MARTA a lot. And lots of times you're on a train that doesn't have any audio. So you wouldn't know what stop you were at, right. especially if you were from out of town. Or the person speaking is speaking like the Charlie Brown teacher. And yeah. you have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> but really, every, especially from Friday through Sunday, every train that I was on, you know, it was someone saying, hi, welcome to MARTA. This is your train. To, you know, if you're heading to the Super Bowl. This is right. the right train to be on. And, you know, things that would really help visitors out. And it seemed like, um, at least in the stadium on Super Bowl Sunday, that it really was almost like a Patriots home game. Right. <laughs> there yeah. weren't a whole lot of Rams fans who came out from either L.A. or, or maybe St. Louis where they were before. Or right. I don't know where else around the country there might be Rams fans. But, yeah, it was probably 80 percent Patriots fans. And to, hmm. the, to the point that when they introduced the teams, I was down on the field. And when the Rams came out, it was a a, a chorus of boos, <laughs> which I was huh. like, come on, guys. It's the Super Super Bowl. I mean, well, I guess that could have been Saints fans as well. That's true. (laughs) That's a good point, actually. Although it seems like the Saints fans just boycotted the whole of it. Well, yeah, that's true. (laughs) Did you see? Did you see the front page of the the Rolex paper? Yeah, that was pretty great. Just a blank page saying Super Bowl. What Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah. There seemed to be a lot of bitterness. A lot of animosity toward the NFL from those Saints fans. Yeah, and you know, honestly, it probably would have been a better game. (laughs) Well, (laughs) yeah. Well, yeah. It probably couldn't have been worse. No, no, it could not have been worse. But you know, a, a lot of people came into town not even planning on going to the game they came in to experience all the other things and there certainly was no there was no shortage of events that you could have gone through you know throughout the week and especially starting like Thursday night um, I went to the Zach Brown concert where Dave Grohl showed up at the end to perform with Zach Dave Grohl was everywhere yes (laughs) Dave Grohl was here to party too (laughs) then Friday night I went to Aerosmith at State Farm Arena and Dave Grohl was there yes (laughs) too just kind of sitting on the side of the stage though he and Steven Tyler went over and like you know handed the mic to him during a song and he just sang a line, which was cool. Right. And then Saturday, Dave Grohl <laughs> and the Foo Fighters were at that cool venue at Atlantic Station. Right. And I got to tell you, that that thing was so impressive that it's such a shame that it can't stay because yeah. they could, not that we need another venue, but no. But it really, just even as an event space or, or something, I mean, you walk in there and if you didn't know that it was built in 45 days, you would have thought that it was there for years. And just this really cool, multi-level, you know, just just the the floor itself the lighting the just the accoutrements inside you know the video screens hanging down stuff it just it was fantastic it really really was and i wish we're the first year that they didn't do multiple concerts there. In yeah. years past, they've done three nights of shows, and they told me the reason they only did the Foo Fighters for uh, DirecTV Super Saturday night this year was because there was too much... They said there was just too much else going on they didn't want to compete with. Right. I'm not sure about that, only because isn't there always too much going yeah, on? Yeah, that's the thing. I, I yeah. was going to say, you mean, most Super Bowls, I imagine, have a lot yeah. going on. Yeah, but for whatever reason, they opted just to do the, the one Saturday night concert. And, I mean, the place was packed, and, yeah. and there were a bunch of you know guests who showed up there. Roger Taylor from Queen came yes. out and did Under Pressure. Yeah. Tom Morello, Zach Brown repaid the favor to Dave Grohl, came out and sang with him. Perry Farrell was, yep. was there as well. So, I mean, it, it really was just a, a really highly energized night. Um, I do wish a lot of these things had started before, oh, you know, almost midnight. Because <laughs> I got really tired. You know, I'm usually up till three in the morning anyway, but being up till like four and then having to edit and write and, yeah. and get up again the next morning. Right. You know, I, I took Monday off and I'm still yes. not quite there yet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, everything went so well and all the concerts that I attended and some of our other staffers attended while I was at other things to kind of help out, um, you know, everything I heard and everything I read. Again, it just everything went so smoothly, and they they got a great turnout from right. the celebrity contingent as well as fans, which of course you want. 
all over the city all week. There were you know numerous NFL players that you might see at an yeah. event or at a red carpet. Emmett or... Smith seemed to be everywhere. I actually, yeah, and even I saw <laughs> Emmett Smith on the blue carpets before the Aerosmith show. He, right. he was there, yeah. and you know it's funny. He, I, I said that to him. I actually said to him, you know, gosh, you know, you seem to be doing an awful lot of stuff. And he said, I just got here last night. Oh wow! And I said, really? Because it seems like I keep seeing your name everywhere. Yeah, it did feel like he was everywhere. <laughs> but then there were other people who were showing up all over the place too. Yes, so. John Hamm. John Hamm was yes. was partying. Uh, yeah. He was at the Foo Fighters show. There are actually quite a bit of celebrities at the at the Foo Fighters show. Tim Tebow was there. Paul Rudd was there. Um, Sarah Hyland from um, Modern Family, Modern Family yep. was there. Yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, you kind of looked around and went, doesn't that person look familiar? Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, you know, I think it gives Atlanta a good reputation as yeah. far as not only how people were treated, but also, you know, I think we showed them a lot of Atlanta culture with Jermaine's concerts mm-hmm. in Centennial Olympic Park. I think right. people got a really good taste of the Atlanta music scene. And then I think the concerts that the various sponsors brought in for different events, you know, really, you know, we were able to put the spotlight on on the venues that we have here. Right. You know, not only did Mercedes-Benz Stadium get the big old spotlight yes. on Sunday and, you know, but State Farm Arena with all its renovations yep. just in time. You know, I mean, people, I, I think anybody who was here from out of town walked away going, hmm, okay. Cool. Atlanta's got yeah. some really cool stuff. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, and, and you know, the, the celebs aren't just here uh, for the Super Bowl. They're here a lot. They are. Um, Filming you know? movies, yeah. just hanging out, you know, dating people. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. We, we you know, we have, we have them here all the time these days, it seems like. You know, it seems like there are as many movies coming out of Georgia as there are out of uh, California. And there days. are. There are. And many of them come Oscar time uh, have been nominated, too. Right. We'll keep an eye on that in a couple right. of weeks. Right. And, yeah, we will, we will be talking about that here mm-hmm. on the podcast very soon um so yeah come back and we'll 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 get into that <laughs> but on to the super bowl the, the super bowl itself we already talked about but then there was the halftime show the halftime show was everything you may have expected the halftime show to be yeah. <laughs> you know when you knew that maroon five was going to be the the star of the halftime yeah. show really how great could your expectations have been yeah i mean they kind of performed exactly how you would thought they would have performed yeah they? i guess the, that's true you know i mean their their music is inherently bland and yeah. interchangeable and interestingly um i had the the little snafu of as beautiful as the press box is at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, it is completely enclosed in plexiglass and uh, you cannot hear a thing in huh. there. And they were not playing the audio from the Super Bowl halftime show in the press box during oh, halftime. Terrible. It's, it was very terrible. So I was frantically texting friends watching the game on TV and saying, um, could you tell me what they're singing right now? Because I actually cannot hear it. Wow. So, but I mean, but you know, I can make out enough from the guitar lines or whatever of what song yep. they were, but there were a couple times I'm like, oh, what song is this? They all sound the same. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of do. And, you know, I I personally did not need to see Adam Levine take off his shirt. Um, yeah. I thought that was a, a little much. And actually, you know, that's not a look that I like anyway, the whole yeah. tattoo thing. So I was sort of like, no, put it back on. It's okay, yeah. really. Um, but, you know, I mean, I guess they wanted to do something that people would be talking about the next right. day. Right, and, and so that, that was pretty much what they did talk about. That was pretty about. much yeah. what it was. But, you know, I, I appreciate that they added Travis Scott and, and Big Boy, at least for the hometown aspect with Big Boy. But to me, it felt forced. To me, it felt like... They just Did. inserted them in there. Yeah. And, you know, the SpongeBob thing was cute and, it's, mm-hmm. and definitely played better on TV as I saw it back when I got home that night. Um, but, you know, to have Travis come out and, and do a very heavily edited, you know, bleeped out version yeah. of Sicko Mode. So you only heard maybe about 25 seconds of the song right. in, in total. And then Big Boy was not out there that long to, to do The Way You Move with Sleepy Brown. And then it's like back to Maroon 5. So it's sort yeah. of like we take this detour to show you that yeah. we like rap music, too. It's, yeah, it seemed like a very brief detour, too, because, I mean, it's yeah. really, frankly, when Travis Scott came on, it felt like the energy level rose 
uh, yes. tremendously. Yes. And, you know, and it was so brief. Right. And then Big Boy came on. Right. And, you know, that, that kept it up there. Right. That was great. And, you know, everybody loves the way you move. Uh, yes. You know, it was a catchy song. It was a great know, song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we all loved that. And mm-hmm. that was great to hear. But, you know, Maroon 5... You know, bless their hearts. They're, <laughs> you know, the, the, there's some catchy tunes, right? All of that. It's, but it's, it's sort of this. You know, someone, someone else. I can't remember who it was that wrote uh, and and the aftermath of it. That they just don't have this emotional heft to them. No, they don't. It's like his right. voice is. It's perfectly serviceable. Right. It's nice. It's right. But but that's what it is. It's nice. It doesn't really have. Right. You know, this gravitas that someone. You know. That, that you want, oh, that or, you, or excitement, or yeah. energy, or or danger, or it's just not memorable. Yeah, no, it's totally. It isn't. Un- and, and you know, they're they're great background music for yep. brunch. Yes, <laughs> you know? yeah. I mean, that's you know, yeah. or if you're if you're cleaning the house or something, and their songs come on on the streaming site or whatever, you're like, oh yeah, it's Maroon Five song, or it doesn't even register. <laughs> it's right. Maroon Five song. They're not they're not superstars, and you know, we all know the you know the backstory of how hard the NFL's been sure. you know trying to get superstars who a lot of them don't want to do it, and you know on the the other hand, you know, I, of course, I we talked about this before. Like Elton John, I think would have been great. It would have been a perfect year for him to do it. Mm-hmm. He even has a bit of an Atlanta tie. Um, you know, Garth Brooks, someone like that. But it's a thankless job too. I mean, they, yeah. they not forget about the payment. I mean, they don't get paid. Right. But even though you're getting exposure to almost 100 million people this year, not quite. Um, you know, you're going to get ripped up by the internet no matter who you are. That's true. Even if you're Elton John, you know, yeah. I mean, they're going to they're going to be people who find fault with whatever yep. you do, or even Garth Brooks, or yep. even Carrie Underwood, or Taylor Swift, if she were able to do it. You know, I mean. Uh, the, just our culture today yes. that you really have to go, why would I subject myself to that? Yeah. Is it, is it yeah. really worth selling right. another 20,000 albums or 50,000 right. albums, you know, especially these days when nobody even like buys stuff like they used to? It's just, right. it's really not even worth it. So I, I think the NFL has a challenge with that. And actually, I went to um, a Roger Goodell press conference last week where he was asked that question because, you know, so the, the reporter who asked said, look, you know, you guys had some issues this year. It's probably not going away. So, you know, what are you going to do about it? And he basically just said, look, it's a huge stage. We know there are people out there who still want to be on oh, it. Oh, definitely. And that's what you have to go after. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, they've gotten away from the the big classic rock artists over the years. Anyway, they've yes. got they've you know leaned a little bit more toward contemporary people. Mm-hmm. So if they want to keep going that way, I'm I think the list is a lot shorter than maybe going back to a Rolling Stones or an Elton right. or a Billy or you know somebody like that that has that you know hefty catalog that people know their music or whatever. But again, no matter who it is, right? They're, they're going to be <laughs> the anonymous people on right. on Twitter and Facebook that just you know yeah, you the, really, the peanut gallery. Yeah, is, you can't you know, win. You're, you can't. You, you just you can't. You can't can't yeah. win. So, yeah. I mean, really, probably playing it safe like like Maroon 5 right. did is probably a good way to go, exactly. frankly. And, you know, and I kind of give Adam Levine credit for almost kind of saying, look, we know that there are going to be people who hate us regardless, yeah. so we're just going to do what we want to do. And if I want to yep. take my shirt off, I'm going to take my shirt off. Yes. <laughs> and, you know. and wear that very odd tank top. That Did you see some of the, the, um, the postings on social media of yeah. people with their, like, Sofa cushions. Yes, <laughs> yeah. This pattern was, is the same as my cushion. Yeah, it was very odd. And there we go, talking about his clothing. See, so yeah, you know, he did he did something right. I actually saw him. I saw him backstage about two hours before the show, walking with his model wife, um, right. who is about the size of a, twi- a Twizzler. Yeah. Um, and he was and he was wearing like this this white um, sweatpants suit, but it too was sort of like splashed with color, almost like if you threw paint on it or whatever. Right. So I mean, he has a thing with patterns. Apparently. Right. Sort of a Jackson Pollocky <laughs> yeah, thing. Exactly. 
exactly, as... exactly. Uh, he likes patterns on yeah. his clothing, I guess. But yeah. you know, and then all those tattoos, you know, yeah. they, they kind of clashed with the with the sofa cushion shirt. Right, but, right. But yeah, you know, I mean, it it is. It, like I said, if you expected anything more, then yeah. I've, I'm sorry that you didn't get that. But I think most people kind of knew yeah. what they were going to get. And honestly, it sort of fit the game. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it all it's all sort of held together <laughs> yeah, that way. Yeah. And, and, and frankly, you know, it, it luckily those things don't go on forever. It, it felt fairly short. Actually, it they, and I, you know, and I was in such a panic of realizing I can't hear that I forgot to glance at my watch to see what time it actually started. Yeah. And I mean, they're typically like 13 to 15 minutes because yeah. halftime's a half an hour for the Super Bowl. So, yeah. you know, I think it was probably more on the 13, 14 minute side yeah. of things. And, you know, yeah, it was like, you know, get them in, get them out. Let's go. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We just got snippets of, of all the hits yep. and then, you yep. know, and, and the couple, couple of big boy yep. and one of Travis Scott yep. and, and Moving that's on. it. Yeah. <laughs> Move the stage off the field, people. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get ready for the third quarter. Yeah. You know, that's, Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was not spectacular. But then you know, yeah. neither was the Super Bowl. Right. So. <laughs> well, hopefully we'll hear some better music this coming weekend. Yes, yes, <laughs> with yes. the Grammy Awards because that's yes. sort of the the next big thing. Uh, was there anything else Super Bowl related? Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight. Gladys Knight right. was spectacular. I happened to be in the tunnel uh, waiting to go on the field when she arrived in her little golf yes. cart. It was just so cute and looked just looked lovely. Also, Chloe and Hallie, those girls, yep. I think I, I could not have heard more often on Monday or people texting me right after, you know, they performed. Who are they? What do they do? They're from Atlanta. So, I mean, that really was a huge spotlight uh-huh. for them to be in. And those they delivered. And I saw them backstage, too. They, they really weren't talking. They, they seemed kind of still nervous, really. Sure. I mean, even though they were done. And one of them, I'm not sure which one it was, was standing next to me. And I just said, I said, wow, you were amazing. And she just kind of like smiled and said, oh, thank you so much. You know, I mean, so they, they were obviously very, you know, proud of the job they had done, but still seemed a little overwhelmed by the, the whole experience. But yeah. I, I thought, I thought they sounded great. They're beautiful girls. I think yeah. they look great. And, you know, uh, that's the kind of thing that is a star making kind of performance. Sure. And, and they're, they're up for a couple of Grammys, as yeah. well, which we'll talk about too right. later. But, right. um, but Gladys Knight, you know, I, you knew she was going to deliver. I mean, Gladys Knight yeah. can't not deliver. <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody was worried about that. No, yeah. but it was uh, – I, I was fortunate enough to, to get out on the field for that. And even though I couldn't really see her very well because I was right behind the Patriots bench and, like, Rob Gronkowski is, like, in front of me and he's 12 feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying to, like, see between Patriots players where Gladys right. Knight is. But it was just such a cool moment when the roof was open and the flyover happened, like while she was, you know, in the middle of her singing. Yeah. And it, you, you, as, as much as, you know, we see so much stuff and we go to so much stuff and we're around so much stuff that you can get jaded by these things. But, mm-hmm. you know, I really did have that second where I got a little teary eyed, like, wow, that's really cool, you yeah. know? And then, and hearing Gladys Knight in the background. And um, I love the fact that she kind of screwed up the, the betting line with the over under of how long it was going right. to be because she added that little, right. she, she repeated the brave at the end. And so some sports books were saying, nope, it ended when she said in the home of the brave, the end. And right. others were saying, well, no, she still was singing after that. So it actually went over, you right. know, so the over under was being fiercely debated, which yep. is just kind of funny that that's the thing that <laughs> that's the thing the betters were you know, kind of like, what do we do now? Right. You know, do we get paid for this or do we not? But, you know, she represented Atlanta just so perfectly. Oh, yeah. And she's 74 years old. She looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
on, on my way back to the press room afterward, I happened to just be in the hallway again um, under the stadium where she had gone after performing, and she was with the color guard who you know came out right before yeah. her, and she was just she was shaking their hands and like you know thanking each one of them and and posing with pictures for them, and it was yeah. just really kind of cool to see just her graciousness, you yeah. know, and and how I think it you could tell it meant so much to her yeah. to be able to to do that in her home city, you yeah. know, and with you know all the controversy, everything else, it's like. Yeah. You kind of have to forget about it for, yeah. for that time. And she, she really was pretty amazing. So Yeah, it's kind of amazing to think that someone who has been in the business since the 1950s yeah. can, you know can still get that that same feeling exactly it can, can be like you know uh, uh, so excited yes. about something I mean I and I really think she saw it as a huge honor yeah. and, as it was and yeah. was kind of like yeah you're asking I'm saying yes yeah. <laughs> you know and especially in in my hometown and yeah. to you know and to show you know you're like my mom was like how old is she she looks really good you know I mean mm-hmm. like and that kind of thing because I think there are a lot of people out there who kind of not forgot about her I mean she's certainly still been visible and performing and touring oh, yeah. and she had her Vegas residency and you know all that, but not maybe top of mind as much as some mm. other artists, even from her era. That was right. like, oh right, Gladys Knight. Wow, she could still sing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love the arrangement of it. You know, it it was a, you know it wasn't totally straightforward, but it was imbued with enough Gladys stuff yeah. in it. You know, and and I I thought her voice was just totally on point and. Right. She just seemed, I mean, you could tell she took a little bow at the beginning. And um, and as she was walking off the field, all the fans, you know, all the people in the stands who were closest to the field were like, you know, yelling like, Gladys, Gladys, you were great. And she just kind of, she kind of like hopped up and down a little bit. She was like so excited. She's like, she knew she killed it. You know, it's yeah. like you could tell when she finished the song, just the look on her face was sort of like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know? yeah. and you love when you see performers when they have a big moment like that, right. that, that they know that. This is what people are people are going to be talking about how awesome I just right. was and so deserved. You yeah, know? and she, I mean, and she's just one of those people that that you know everybody seems to love Gladys Knight. Right. There's, it's like you don't hear right. anyone have anything bad to say right. about Gladys Knight. <laughs> look, she's, look at how we're talking about her compared to Maroon Five. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes, this is true. This is true. I mean, hey, God bless Adam Levine. If in forty years he's still able to get up there yeah. and perform, then right. then we will heap some more praise right. on him too. Because <laughs> Gladys deserves it. You know, yes. she she's seen it all. She's lived through so much, and mm-hmm. it was I you know I think it was just really an important moment for her in her career, and just yeah. something that. Everything she's accomplished is probably was at the top of the list. You could kind of tell yeah. just from her reaction afterward and, and everything. So yeah, well, awesome. So that seems like a great place to leave it, since uh, you know, on a positive high yeah. note like that. <laughs> yeah, so to speak. <laughs> but yeah, Gladys Knight was fabulous. The Super Bowl, not so much. But <laughs> halftime. But Atlanta did a great job. Atlanta shone. Yes. Shined. Shine, shine. Yes, that whatever Atlanta did, it did. It did. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks so much for sitting down and talking about Super Bowl, and and now you can go and do some relaxing. I hope Uh, before the Grammys. I I need another long nap. Yeah, I had one day of recovery, but I think I need a few more hours of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, join us again. Uh, We will uh, be talking about the Grammys. We'll actually have a, a little special. Um, extra coming up uh, on the Grammys to talk about, give you a little preview of that. Uh, And as we said, in the future, we'll also be talking about the Oscars. Um, So check back for that as well at AJC.com slash podcasts. Um, And for anything else, go to AJC.com where you can find things to do, the latest breaking news, and all sorts of other things. 
Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. It's February, which means Valentine's Day is just around the corner. Romance is in the air, and if you're looking for something a little different to mark the occasion, why not score some theater tickets for your significant other? Among the love-themed productions on Atlanta stages this month is Romeo and Juliet. Sure, it's a tragic tale, but the timeless tale of forbidden love is chock full of beautiful words and powerful emotions. That's being performed by the Atlanta Shakespeare Company at the Shakespeare Tavern Playhouse through February 24. Tickets are $15 to $42. Go to ShakespeareTavern.com to get the details. Over in Marietta, the Marietta Theater Company is celebrating the season of love with a modern-day musical love story called I Love You Because. This updated take on Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice focuses on an uptight greeting card writer whose life is changed when he meets an impulsive photographer. The show runs through February 23rd, and tickets are $25, but there are dinner and show packages available for $40 and a special Valentine's Day package for $95. Marietta Theatre Company performs at the Lyric Studio on the Square in Marietta. Get more info at MarietaTheatre.com. One of hip-hop's most adventurous artists, Vince Staples, is headed back to Atlanta for an appearance at the Tabernacle on February 12th. The ever-provocative Staples dropped his latest album, FM, with little fanfare in November. The album explores the apparent dissonance of the sunny Southern California air and the darker truth behind that fairy tale. Along the way, he's also commenting on musical consumer culture and the radio waves that feed it. It's a lot to pack into 22 minutes, but Staples has a lot to say. Catch him live at the Tabernacle at 9 p.m. February 12th. Those tickets are $30 to $50, and you'll find them at tabernacleatl.com. Aldi Miola first rose to prominence as the guitarist in the 70s jazz fusion supergroup Return to Forever, alongside Chick Corea and Stanley Clark. After a few albums with that band, he struck out on his own with his first solo album, Land of the Midnight Sun. He's still adding to that substantial discography today, with last year's Opus being the latest. Demiola comes to City Winery next to Pont City Market in Atlanta on February 16th, playing shows at 7 and 10 p.m. Tickets are $45 to $60. Find out more at citywinery.com Atlanta. If you've ever wondered about the origins of Atlanta, don't miss Locomotion, Railroads in the Making of Atlanta, which is on view at the Atlanta History Center. The cornerstone of the exhibition is the restored locomotive Texas. It was built in 1856 for the Western and Atlantic Railroad, a company that established its terminus in 1837 at the site that became Atlanta. You'll also see the Zero Mile Post, the 1850s Western and Atlantic Railroad marker around which Atlanta grew. The exhibition demonstrates how railroads built and created Atlanta, and the Texas and Zero Mile Post tell Atlanta's origin story like nothing else. Head to the Atlanta History Center for locomotion, railroads, and the making of Atlanta. General admission tickets are $9 to $21.50. Go to atlantahistorycenter.com for all the details. For more things to do in and around Atlanta, go to AJC.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith. Podcast edited by Bria Felicien. Music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin. And I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta.